brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them bites. It's such a pleasure to have you with us for an Appleseed Bite, a mini episode of the show, a single story, just a few minutes long, in case you've only got a few minutes and you want to fill those few minutes with some terrific storytelling. And we've got some for you today. We drop a few of these bites each week in preparation for Thursdays. That's when we drop a full hour-long episode filled with stories for you and your family. This Thursday, here the wonderful Alabama storyteller Dolores Hydock with a story called My Own Backyard in an hour filled with stories well, stories about leaving the nest. We'll even take a trip back in time to an old-time radio experience with Father Knows Best, the Anderson family working through Father Knows Best problems. You'll really enjoy that episode, and we hope you'll join us. In the meantime, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by one of the Appleseed's producers, Heather Bigley. Heather, it's great to have you with me. Hello. And what are we going to hear right now? We are going to hear a story from Beth Horner called Li Chi Slays the Serpent, which I looked up and is from the 4th century. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. This is an old, old tale. Beth Horner, of course, the wonderful uh, Illinois storyteller who tells stories about all kinds of things, personal experiences and tall tales and uh, stories from our time and clearly stories from the 4th century as well. Here's Leechie Slays the Serpent by Beth Horner here on the Appleseed. In Fukjen, in the ancient state of Yue, there stands the young mountain range with peaks that sometimes reach a height of many miles. To the northwest, there's a cleft in these mountains, and it is said that this cleft was once inhabited by a giant serpent, 70 or 80 feet long and wider than the span of 10 hands. It is said that this serpent kept the local people in a state of constant terror. It had already killed many commandants from the capital city and many magistrates and officials of nearby towns. Offerings of oxen and sheep did not appease this monster. But finally, by entering men's dreams, and making its wishes known through mediums, it demanded young girls of 12 or 13 to feast upon. Helpless, the officials selected daughters of bondsmaids and criminals and kept them until the appointed date. Then, on the eighth day of the eighth month of each year, they delivered a girl through the mountains to the mouth of the serpent's cave, and the serpent would come out and swallow its victim. This continued for nine years until nine young girls had been devoured. Now in the tenth year, the officials had again begun to search for a girl to hold in readiness. There was a man of Jang Lo County named Li Tan, and he had raised six daughters but no sons. His youngest daughter, Li Ji, responded to this search for a victim by volunteering. Her parents refused to allow it, but she said to them, Honorable parents, you have no one to depend upon for having brought forth six daughters 
not a single son. It is as if you were childless. I am of no use to you. I will not be able to help you in your old age. I only waste your good food and clothing. Please, if I cannot help you with my life, allow me to help you with my death. What could be the harm in selling me to gain some money for yourselves? But her father and mother loved her too much to consent. So Li Ji went in secret. Li Ji sought out the officials of the district and told them of her decision, and she asked for a sharp sword and a snake-hunting dog. The officials, feeling it a decision wisely made, granted her requests. On the eighth day of the eighth month of the tenth year, Li Ji was carried through the mountains and left at the mouth of the serpent's cave, alone to be eaten. Li Ji sat, holding the dog and clutching the sword. And although the serpent did not appear, she could hear it stirring within. Hour upon hour she waited through the night, until finally, finally, at last, at dawn, the serpent appeared, its vast body slithering out of the mouth of the cave, its head as large as a rice barrel, and its eyes like mirrors two feet across. Li Chi opened her cloak and she drew from beneath several pecks of rice balls moistened with malt sugar. She placed them before the serpent. Smelling the fragrance of the malt sugar, the serpent stopped and opened its vast mouth to eat them. And when it did, Li Ji released the snake-hunting dog, which leapt onto the serpent's back and bit hard into the serpent's scaling flesh. Then Li Ji herself came up from behind and scored the serpent several deep cuts. Her strokes were so swift and so strong that the serpent leapt into the open and died. Li Ji turned and walked into the serpent's cave. There she recovered the skulls of the nine young victims. She sighed as she carried them out, saying, How pitiful! For your timidity, you were devoured. Slowly, she made her way homeward through the mountains. From that time forth, the district was free of monsters. Ballads to this day celebrate the great deed of Lee G. A performance captured live, a performance from Beth Horner of the ancient tale, Leechy Slays the Serpent. Uh, I've been listening to the story not only with you, but also with one of our producers, Heather Bigley. Heather, thanks for bringing that story to us today. No problem. I'm struck by how serious the story actually is. I am too. You know, as I as I 
heard this story for the first time, at first I thought, I mean, I, I have to admit that I remember being a kid and, and oh, oh, this is going to be a story where, the, where somebody is sacrificed to a dragon or something like that. And my mind went to Dragon Slayer and right. Clash of the Titans, you know. Yes. And then I had the experience you're describing. Yeah, and the graveness of, you know, that ending moment where she picks up the skulls and you have the feeling that each of those girls mattered at least to Li Qi, yeah. even though those girls were picked because they were poor and yeah. because they didn't fit into the society. But to Li Qi, it meant something to go and um, rescue what she could of those young girls. And I don't know. I was just really touched also when Li Qi goes to tell her parents I'm willing to sacrifice myself and mm. her parents, are they say no. <laughs> And how wonderful, right? Yeah, that the yeah. family is like, you are more important to us than um, the sacrifice you want to make. You would hope that if you went to your family and said, this is something I want to do, that they wouldn't simply say, okay. All right, good. See you later. Who's got the popcorn, right? Um, yeah, so no, I guess, yes. But I think there's also this sense of, I think um, we might have a stereotype about this culture. Yeah. We might have ideas about how this culture treats women. And um, within the story itself, it's like, no, this little girl is very important to her family. Yeah. So yeah. I think that is, you know, I, I kind of choked up. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, this story that you think at first might be the sort of adventure that we're sometimes given with stories like this, the kind of monster adventure, you know, that I mentioned Dragon Slayer and Clash of the right. Titans, you know, but then you're almost instantly brought up short by the fact that that that, that no, this is a story that understands, the, the, as you said, the gravity of something like this and has a real kind of reverence for human life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And that ending about the timidity. Yeah. Right? Like, um, you couldn't be brave, but I was brave. And uh, I don't know, that that ending line. Again, we think of this culture and we think of what is valued. Yeah. And um, that seems to be a value that uh, we see in that culture. And it makes me think of in my own culture, what are values that I say I want people to have but aren't actually serving them? Sure. Yeah, I I thought in kind of, I I I chuckled a little bit because I love the line so much. Uh, the line at the end of the story where she says, "And from that day on, the district was free of monsters." Right. right. And uh, and I I I I love that line so much. Right. Um, but but I but I think that's kind of the end of every hero story, right? I mean, so, somehow there's a monster that's. Right. Somehow there's a monster that's been with you that is not with you anymore. Right. And there's a physical monster, but perhaps there's this idea we can get rid of timidity. That's right. Yeah. Well, the story was Leachy Slays the Serpent, told for you by the wonderful Illinois storyteller Beth Horner. And it was a pleasure to listen again, not only with you, but with Heather Bigley as well. Heather, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for inviting me. And for sure, join us on Thursday for My Own Backyard, a terrific story told by a terrific storyteller, Dolores Hydock, recorded right here in the Appleseed studio. That's going to be an hour worth tuning in for. You can find it at the Appleseed Podcast. And of course, if you've found us here at the podcast, be sure to like us and uh, review 
us. It helps people find the Appleseed. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. I'm Sam Bain. Thanks for joining us. For a bite! Brought to you by the Appleseed.